Earlier in the service, you heard Adam read from Romans. In that section of Romans, Paul talks about suffering. And there's another person who talks about suffering. It may not be so obvious, but her name is Beyonce. (laughs) A few weeks ago, she released her sixth number one album. Some of you must know it. It's called Lemonade. For those of you who are unfamiliar, this visual album, and by that it means it plays sort of like a movie with music and poetry throughout, but this visual album chronicles the journey that a woman takes after learning that her spouse has been unfaithful. There's been much speculation about how much the content of this album mirrors her own life. Is this explicitly about her relationship with Jay-Z, or is this just art inspired by the various experiences of people around her? If this is a reflection of her life, then there's one very obvious takeaway. I'm not saying I feel this way, but I've heard this sentiment many times, and that is, if Beyonce can't keep her man together, then is there any hope for the rest of us? Actually, I think that it's less about the specifics of this, but about something deeper. Now, let me say that I am not a member of the Beehive. Sometimes I listen to Beyonce's music. So when I say that I was captivated by this album, this was a pretty unique experience for me and Beyonce to have. I sat and I watched it, And then I watched it again. And after thinking about it some, I realized that I was drawn to this because for once I felt like the wall had come down a little bit. I don't need to know if this is based on facts. What happens with Beyonce's marriage to Jay-Z is none of my or any of our business. But what I did see is that even this person, this woman, who seems at times to have a perfect life, This woman who was beautiful, talented, hardworking, rich. She has a beautiful child. She goes on fabulous vacations. This woman has problems too. Even Beyonce experiences heartache and pain. Life gives Beyonce lemons. Life gives all of us lemons. No matter who we are or where we are from, no matter how smart we are, how many books we've read, no matter how wealthy or poor, all of us have our share of suffering. This naturally raises a question for us of why Why must we suffer through the bitter taste of life's lemons? Life would be so much easier if it was country time in a bottle, ready-made, pre-sweetened, add water and stir. But that's not what we have. Throughout history, humans have asked the question of why is there suffering? 
In the Bible, when Jesus is about to heal the man born blind, the crowd asks Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? Part of this question is wanting to know, what can we do to avoid this kind of suffering? Perhaps if we can keep some distance between us, we can rest assured this kind of thing won't happen to us. But even if we know, we really don't know. For example, when events happen today, like planes going down into the sea, we might know that there was a bomb on board, or we may learn that there was engine failure, but that still really doesn't answer the question why. When children are beaten in school bathrooms, a first grader beaten to death by kids a little older, we understand that our children are being raised in a culture of violence, but that still doesn't answer the question why. When we hear about natural disasters, in Sri Lanka or Bangladesh or other parts of the world, we know that global warming is creating an atmosphere that fosters more natural disasters, but that still doesn't answer the question, why? Why these people? Why this moment? When things happen to us in our lives, we ask the question, why? Why me? Why us? Why my family? Why my child? Many theologians have pondered this question, and some have written, and you can find someone who will give you an answer, something that fits neatly into a bottle. But I think the real answer, when people ask me why these things happen, the best and most honest answer I can give is, I don't know. I don't think anybody does. What I do know, however, is that our suffering is not the end of the story. In today's reading in Romans, Paul takes it a step further and says that we can boast or take pride in our suffering. This probably rubs against some of your natural thoughts. It certainly goes against mine. But then I have to take a step back and realize that Paul does know about that which he speaks. As we witnessed in the play with the children, Paul was well acquainted with suffering. Life had dealt him a hefty share of lemons. He records in the Bible that three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. He spent a day adrift at sea. He faced dangers in rivers and cities. He endured sleepless nights. He went without food. At times, he didn't have adequate clothing. And on top of all of that, Paul had a thorn in his flesh that God would not remove. In spite of all that, Paul still writes that we can take pride in suffering because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Hope. It is hope that allows us to see beyond our present circumstances and have a glimpse of God's glorious future. Paul says it later in the book of Romans. This way, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Paul is not saying that this means that all things 
will be good. So what does it mean to say that they work together for good? I think of a story that I recently heard about a woman named Heather. A couple of years ago, Heather lost her seven-month-old son. When Heather's son died, Heather decided to donate his organs. And a young 18-month-old girl named Jordan received her son's heart. Jordan's mom talked about the joy that she felt when learning that her child would be the recipient of a new heart. But she said that immediately after feeling those moments of joy, she experienced sorrow because she realized that another mother had lost a child. This mother, Heather, in spite of her grief, decided that she wanted to use her situation to help somebody else. Earlier this year, Jordan and Heather met for the first time. Heather talked about how quickly she and Jordan clicked. They immediately became best friends. Heather said that Jordan became a part of her family. And one of the things that Jordan did was that she and her mom gave Heather a bear. And in this bear was the recording of her heartbeat. And at any moment, Heather could hit the bear's hand and hear Jordan's heartbeat, hear her son's heartbeat. Heather used her suffering to create something good. Toward the end of Beyonce's album, if you watch the video, you see a woman named Hattie. Hattie is at her 90th birthday celebration, and she recounts that life had not always been easy. But when life handed her lemons, she made lemonade. We can have lemonade when we realize that the bitterness we feel in the present is not the end. We can't avoid life's bitter circumstances, but we can have hope even in our sufferings, and we can be confident that God is still at work. With God's help, Paul used his sufferings to spread the gospel. In Lemonade, Beyonce took her sorrow and turned it into art. On Calvary, God took death and turned it into new life. God is still working. God can take our pain and turn it into joy. God can take our shortcomings and turn them into strengths. God can take our lemons and turn them to lemonade. Amen.